0: What'd you do if I did the whole episode like that, ASMR style? This is how you can live a healthy and sustainable life. I think I'm going to cringe when I edit that. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. The whole podcasting thing, I'm starting to become like a little bit more natural with it, I feel. I feel like it's like I'm starting to become a little bit more comfortable being myself recording, you know? Poppies are the best invention ever. I hope that there are poppies in heaven, honestly. Whoever invented these, I owe my life to you the other day I was looking at my food log and I noticed okay this day and this day I didn't have enough fiber and then the next day after I had like 25 grams I was like on point what did I do different that day it was because I had one of these drinks we are on week three and a half I think of being in California brand new state brand new life and honestly I'm starting to feel really adjusted the one thing I'm not 100% adjusted to is a new routine but that's kind of going to be what the meat of the episode is about so I'll get into that in a second but when it comes to where we're living, our environment, stuff like that. It's starting to feel a lot like home and honestly I'm really really enjoying it. There is a woman however in our complex that talks to squirrels and feeds them in the morning. Our complex is known for having these fat aggressive squirrels. They're honestly disgusting and I'm usually an animal lover and every now and then I'll see one that's like oh okay that one's kind of cute but no these are like obese squirrels. I should honestly become like a nutritionist for squirrels at this point because of the fact that they're so large and gross. And then there's this woman. i realized she's the culprit she like crouches down on her porch in the morning and she holds like little food for them to feed them and she talks to them and she has like a little sliver i think from her and her door where they can like go in and I, i don't know when i saw that i was like people in california are so weird but she's the only person that i've saw talking to squirrels so far. So I honestly think it was just her. The one thing that I have noticed about California that's different from Jersey is just how people talk to you and just the interactions that you have with people in general. I do feel like people are nicer here. And whenever I say that, people are always like, really, people are nicer here? Like people don't really think of California people being a lot nicer. But when you compare it to Jersey, anyone, anyone is really. And there's been so many times where I would be thinking that somebody has like a negative um, you know, intention when they're speaking with me or interacting with me, and then they're just not. For instance, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast yet, but I definitely told it to a billion people because I felt so embarrassed, and I just felt like I needed to like get that out <laughs> by talking about it. But there was a morning where I was... Driving, or I was biking to the beach for the first time ever, and I was passing a crosswalk, or I was going across it, and there was a guy on the other end, and he definitely looked a little bit sketchy because he was just like staring at me, and then he like took his hood down as he was glaring at me, and I was like, okay, Emily. This is your time to shine. Show him your New Jersey roots. You're going to run through him. I don't care what happens. You are not going to interact with this man. You're not going to look at him and you're not going... I I literally thought he was just going to like scoop me up off my bike even though it's not even possible. But what the weirdest part was when I was riding like into the sidewalk to take my next turn, he literally blocked off the spot that I was supposed to go down and my stubborn butt decided to just run through him. Then... I quickly realized that he was actually trying to help me because I proceeded to run into mulch and ram directly into an electrical box. I didn't fall off of it. If I fell off of it, I think I would actually die of embarrassment, but I I couldn't even enjoy my time at the beach because I was just so utterly embarrassed about that, that second of my life that I couldn't live it down. And I honestly would probably be thinking about that moment until I'm 35. But yeah, all that to say, people here honestly nicer I've like I've been invited out to coffee a lot more people are just more like inviting and welcoming in general which is super weird but I have not gotten my routine down yet and I kind of wanted to talk about that today because I was thinking about how people are always like motivation isn't going to be there all the time and you have to rely on discipline and yeah that's true that's 100% true but nobody actually talks about the actionable steps that it takes to become a disciplined human being and I think that for some people it's just like naturally ingrained like for instance, people. People who have done sports, I think naturally ingrained in you to be a little bit more disciplined and have a more regimented routine. And just kind of be used to that. But for people who didn't do sports, for people who didn't really grow up um, in a very regimented way, it could be very difficult to become a routine person. And not to say that you necessarily have to be a routine person to be disciplined, but it does kind of like go hand in hand a little bit, to an extent at least. So I kind of want to talk through actionable steps that you could take this month in order to become a very disciplined version of yourself. Because no matter what your goals are for 2024, it's still the beginning of the year. So I'm still going to be talking about these ins and outs that we all have, you're gonna need some discipline to get yourself there because the motivation that you had January 1st is not gonna last and it probably honestly isn't lasting. Now, a lot of the people that, you know, I've even signed on the end of last year, the beginning of this year for online coaching, they're they're already like simmering out a little bit and I'm trying to remind my girls and myself even, like I'm preaching to myself as well, this is the time to actually build up this momentum. Because I made a TikTok about this yesterday too, but in two months, it's going to be what? It's going to be March, April, you know? And then that, then it's basically spring. And let's say you had like fitness related goals. In two months from now, it's starting, it's going to start to hit you that it's getting warmer outside. And before you know it, it's going to be halfway through the year. And then you haven't even touched the goals that you wanted to achieve in the beginning of the year. So right now, is the time for you to build up that momentum to get you to the place that you want to be. Like right now is the hardest point. You just have to like get over the hill and then it's going to be more smooth sailing from there because it's going to be more disciplined, ingrained in you, regimented, etc. Honestly, what even is discipline? It's just like a, it's a term that people use very, very loosely and nobody actually explains. This is how you become who you want to be. And I'm preaching to myself really right now as well because since coming to California, I haven't been on 100% A-game with what I want to achieve. Mostly because I've just felt like kind of lack of energy. I think I'm still like settling into new life here. But one of the things that makes you a disciplined person is repetitiveness. Repeating the same thing over day in, day out. And this doesn't necessarily mean you have to repeat the same morning routine. You have to repeat the same workout necessarily or anything like that but it's just little things habitual things that you do every single day that's regimented and You have to kind of be aware, I think, because I used to be the kind of person who was like, you have to do the same morning routine every single day in order to be like a productive version of yourself, productive person. But not everybody's wired that way. Not everybody's wired to do the exact same thing every single day. Not everyone's gonna benefit from that. And I'm kind of one of those people too. So one of the things that I'll do um, in order to make me a more disciplined version of myself but at the same time still have variety of my routine is create kind of like days where I do one kind of morning routine and then days where I do a different kind of morning routine. So on my typical morning routine, maybe what I'll do is I'll get up, have my breakfast, have my coffee, read while I have my breakfast. So I'm reading my Bible, I'm reading my devotional, I'm praying, and then I'm going and getting sunlight if the sun is out at the same time. So I'm habit stacking three things right there. Habit stacking is also something that I want to talk about, but I'll get into that in a second. So that's my first morning routine. Go work out, come back, get ready, start work, done. Another kind of morning routine is where I'll get up and since I live by the beach, I'll take advantage of this even in the winter, go to the beach right away and just get that sunlight time do my Bible on the beach, kind of take like a little morning walk, wellness walk, if you will, listen to a podcast. So I'm educating myself and exercising, getting sunlight and reading. Those are two different kinds of habit stacking. Having my breakfast and coffee when I come back, getting ready and starting work. So those are two kinds of morning routines that I kind of alternate with uh, day in, day out throughout the week. And this creates discipline because I am doing healthy habits with both versions of that morning routine, but I'm not holding myself to the same thing every single day so I'm not getting bored of it which is really really great and you could do the same thing with a night routine I really emphasize routines because first of all I'm addicted to watching people's routines on TikTok sometimes in order to get inspired I will look up on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram I don't know Sydney Adams is one girl Sydney Adams morning routine I will literally look that up on TikTok in order to get inspired to get up early and even if you're not a routine girl let me put you on if you want to become a disciplined human being if you want to achieve your goals whether it be fitness business lifestyle etc you have to have a routine of some sort and what I think a lot of people don't even even realize is that even if they're trying not to have a routine they still have one but I I think a lot oh my gosh the poppy's getting to my esophagus Even if you don't think you have habits, you have them, but they're not healthy, you know? Like, if you don't have a morning routine, you say you don't have a morning routine, but the first thing you do when you wake up is check your phone, and then you just go and you get ready for work, and then you leave. That's your morning routine. You have a routine, and that is setting you up for who you're going to be that day, you know? So I guess the first thing that I would do if I wanted to become the most disciplined version of myself is creating morning routine templates and I've had a few of these that I posted on my socials a couple weeks on TikTok I talked about my two morning routine templates that I alternate by which is what I just explained and basically what I'll do is if I want to create another type of morning routine or another kind of night routine I'll create a template that's something that could be adjusted depending on the the week, depending on what my lifestyle currently looks like and stuff like that. If I am helping somebody create a good morning routine, these are the pillars that I will tell them to go by. Do something that mentally stimulates you, physically stimulates you. Do something that feeds your soul. Do something that nourishes your body and do something that you look forward to. Those are the five pillars to a healthy morning routine. And I think doing something that um, you enjoy and you look forward to is the most important of all of those, actually, because if you don't do something that you look forward to in your morning routine, then you're not going to do a routine at all and you're just going to be like kind of annoyed to get up. And then you're going to dread it and then you're not going to stick to it. But at the same time, if that thing that you enjoy is watching YouTube, you're not going to really feel great. Maybe if you just like, sit on the couch and watch YouTube for the first hour and a half. But this is where habit stacking comes in. And just in life in general, no matter if you're you're not implementing this in your morning routine, your day, your nights, no matter what, this is so, so helpful. For instance, a really popular habit stack you probably don't even realize you do is listening to a podcast like this one and doing something else. If you're listening to this while you're working out, you're habit stacking. If you're listening to this while you're working or on your computer or on a walk, you're habit stacking or even cooking. Habit stacking the idea is doing something that you need to do with something that you want to do something that nourishes you in one way and something that stimulates your brain in another for instance when i talked about eating and reading my bible at the same time that's a habit stack getting sun and exercising that's another habit stack and this right here is such a great way to become more disciplined because you're pairing something that you're actually really looking forward to to the thing that you probably wouldn't do if you didn't have any incentive to becoming disciplined doesn't need to be boring it doesn't need to be excruciatingly painful It's sometimes probably going to be uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean that it needs to be something that you completely dread. And then later on in life too, it's just going to become a non-negotiable. You're not going to think about it. You're going to go on autopilot mode and you're going to go get your workout done. You're not even going to think about it. Think about how dreadful it is. Think about any of that. With workouts specifically, I do think it's really important to implement things that you enjoy into it. For instance, certain exercises, whatever it might be. When it comes to if you have a specific goal, there's a lot of talk on the internet sometimes that's kind of like, you don't have to do cardio for weight loss. So you just don't do it at all. Like, what are you talking about? You should do it for your brain, for your heart, and honestly, some people just really enjoy it. Same with other random exercises that might not play a specific role in like building muscle or muscle hypertrophy in general, but sometimes it doesn't really even matter because if you're going to the gym and you're doing what you enjoy, you're getting your body moving and that's what's helping you become more disciplined. So when it comes to workouts specifically, I would definitely say try to like match up your goal with your workout and make sure that your workout is... Aiding you in getting to that specific physical goal that you have. But if you don't enjoy the entire workout, then either ask your trainer or yourself, throw in something that makes you feel more alive. Going at the exact same time every single day also will help you for sure, but also adding variety, like I said, in the morning routine kind of thing. Like maybe you have days where you go at 3 p.m. Maybe you have days where you go at 7 a.m. That's kind of what I do. I'll have like a couple days a week where I go at a certain time and then a different time another couple days a week. And if you are somebody who's at a new gym for the first time this month and you have a little bit of gym anxiety, let me help you out. Gym anxiety is honestly completely normal. Especially if you're used to a very certain crowd, a very certain atmosphere, you get kind of comfortable there, you make it seem like you're home a little bit, and then going into a completely different social environment can be really intimidating, especially when there are people that are jacked, that, um, you know, look like they know what they're doing. The first tip that I would have for that is going at the same time each day. Going at the same time each day will help you get used to that crowd. Every single day when you go and you see the same people, you're almost going to become more, like, comfortable when you see them. Like seeing that person is actually bringing a lot of peace to your mind in a weird way. I think it's just a subconscious thing that our brain does. When we see something that we're used to, we become more at peace. If you really want to ease into it, something that you could do is um, hop on the treadmill first thing. Don't go right into your workout. Or you can even just like take a mat out, mat out if you have a good spot to do so and you could just start stretching. Take like 10 to 15 minutes just doing whatever, walking on the treadmill, on your phone, scoping the gym out. You want to scope the gym out because you want to take note of who is at what station. And if the station that you want to go to, for instance, if you want to go to the barbell but it's taken up, you have to create a plan B in your head. Which leads me to my next point. If you don't have a program, you're gonna feel lost. Have a very specific program and a very specific idea of what you are doing at the gym. And if somebody is taking up the spot that you are trying to go to, have a plan B. So for me, when I go and somebody's at the spot that I'm at, I'm gonna start at the treadmill. If they don't move in the next five to 10 minutes, I'm gonna go to the next exercise and then go back to the first one after they move. And then another good thing that you could do is just you know explore an extra five percent of the gym every single day even if it's not in your workout plan just try out a machine that you haven't tried out before just to get more comfortable and with time what's going to happen is the gym is going to become your second home it's going to feel so comfortable you're going to feel like you own the place and that's how it should be honestly it's kind of like a weird analogy but you should treat the gym like your home you should take care of it you should utilize it And you should feel comfortable there. Just don't sleep there. That'd be kind of weird. And in a way, becoming comfortable at a gym is a really, really important aspect of being a disciplined person when it comes to your fitness journey. If you're not comfortable at the gym, then you're less likely to actually show up every single day. So become comfortable with the habits that you are building and the things that you are trying to do. If your goal is to run a marathon, but you can't even run a mile, not because of physical ailments, but because of the fact that you're not getting yourself out there, you're not comfortable hitting the road, you have to get yourself to a place where you're comfortable doing so, because then how do you expect yourself to run a marathon? So for that, starting small, running on the treadmill for one song, walking for one song, going back and forth, then moving it to outside, doing the same thing, run for two songs, walk for one, move it to three to one. Before you know it, you're gonna be running miles and miles on end. And then you're gonna be one of those girls that has a running vest, goose, 37 pairs of hokas. (laughs) A lot of the times if we have a goal of becoming disciplined it's because we've never done the thing that we wanna do before. In order to do something that we've never done before, we're going to have to be a little bit outside of our comfort zone. For instance, for me this year, I really want to make more friends in the area that I'm in. And that's very difficult for me naturally to just go up to somebody and be like, let's hang out. Because in my East Coast mindset, I think that they're going to kill me. (laughs) Like, you're an axe murderer. You want to hang out with me? You're going to, like, kidnap me or something. But a lot of the times, it just takes going up to somebody and saying, hey, I like your shirt, starting a conversation and then hanging out with them. And then that person could be your best friend. You don't know it. And it's just the initiation of the conversation, which is kind of like habits. It's just the initiation of the habit. And then it doesn't seem so bad when you're actually doing it. But thinking about the habit, thinking about the thing that you're trying to build up, the discipline that you want to have, is actually a lot more intimidating and daunting than when you actually initiate it and when you actually put action to it. Executing something isn't all that hard. Strategizing and thinking through it can be a lot more difficult because our mind can work up really, really easily. They don't call it anxiety for nothing. For instance, do you ever wake up and you just have the most anxious, anxious thoughts in the entire world? I think everybody has a form of anxiety. I've definitely struggled with it all my life. For instance, when I was little, my mom used to tell me that I hated men. That's not to sound like any kind of way. I genuinely was just scared of them, minus maybe a few. Honestly, looking back, I think it was because at my viewpoint as like a three or four year old, I was at the height where I would like match just their knees. And then every single dad at our church had the same jeans on. It was like that rich blue denim and they all looked like monsters, like seven feet high, beer bellies. I don't even know. I am digressing, but that's what I do best. When you have an anxious day, being disciplined can really, really help you. So taking the actionable steps that I was kind of just talking about, the habits, habit stacking, etc., can make you feel a lot more balanced. There was this one day where it was before we moved to California. We were actually about to take a trip from Jersey to California to like make a two day trip just to sign a lease. And I remember looking at my boarding pass, realizing that the wrong last name was on my boarding pass. I hadn't changed my name on my ID yet. So I put Emily Mazone on the boarding pass, not Emily Callis, which was what was on my ID. And so I woke up, it was about 5 a.m., I started freaking out. I don't know why my brain just went here at 5 a.m. I think I woke up from it and ultimately I think it was just because I was really stressed out from the move and everything that was going on because it was a very busy season but I didn't really realize that at the time. I realized that this boarding pass thing was wrong and I had never changed or tried to change anything on my boarding pass before so I didn't really know what it was going to entail but I had heard that it was quite the process to change your last name on a boarding pass. So I looked it up on Safari, just on my phone at 5 a.m. And the first thing that I saw was 24-7 support, change your last name on a boarding pass. I clicked it. And I said, 24-7 for support? Perfect. I can go and I can call them right now. So I called them. This man named Elijah (laughs) answered the phone. And basically, I told him what happened. He definitely did ask for a picture of my ID, which I did send him. So good on me. He told me it was going to be about $200 to change... The boarding pass last name. I was about to do this, and then I went over into the room. I woke Johnny up, 5:30, 5:45 a.m., and I said, "The wrong last name is on my boarding pass, but I have to change it, so it's gonna be two hundred dollars. Can you give me two hundred dollars? I have to do this right now." And he was like, "What?" He was half asleep, and he had more logic in his brain than I did, being up for an hour in my anxious state. <laughs> and he was like, "No, you're fine. It's gonna be fine." So I didn't call Elijah back. But then I looked at my email. The email that he sent me to request my ID picture, which I had already sent to him, was from some company called like, shoot, I'm completely forgetting the name, but it was like, it was not Spirit. And I realized how sketchy it looked. And so then later I got on um, the phone, a text messaging thread with Spirit, and they changed it in two seconds. But that's what anxious thoughts do to you. They get into your brain, and then you just start like going, 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 going. You know what it would have been better? If in that moment, what I could have done better, I could have kicked my habits into gear instead and I could have instead of drinking coffee on an empty stomach, which is what I was doing all morning, I could have had a solid breakfast, even, at, even that early, even though I wasn't hungry, I could have done that to like balance myself out a little bit. I could have gotten on my walking pad and just listened to worship music or a podcast or something, moved my body a little bit and then collected my thoughts and then did more research. But no. And so now every single time I wake up anxious like that, which doesn't happen very often. That was a very rare case. But whenever it does happen, I will think back to that day. And I'll just remind myself, take your habits into gear because if my habits are in gear and I am the normal disciplined version of myself that I should be, I will become a more grounded person. I will be a little bit more mindful right now. I think when you're trying to become disciplined too, you have to ask yourself, what are you trying to become disciplined with? And how extravagant is it? I was on a phone with a client the other day um, and I was onboarding her and I asked her how many days a week do you want to work out? She said five to six. And I took a look at the questions I already asked her, you know, collected the data in my head a little bit, took a look at what her lifestyle looks like, etc. And I said, okay, look, you could expect yourself to do five to six days with what we've already previously talked about. If you don't hit the five to six days, how do you think you're going to feel? Are you going to feel kind of like down on yourself? And she's like well i want to do enough to see a difference and i said okay listen if you commit to three workouts a week right now or even four like three to four workouts per week and a step goal what can happen is that you might allow yourself to over deliver under expect so you have the ability to over deliver so expect yourself to hit three workouts a week And then you're probably going to feel a little bit more stabilized with your energy. You're probably going to have a confidence boost. You're probably going to want to do more. So then maybe you'll throw in an extra cardio session or an extra run or an extra lift or whatever it might be if you feel up to it. Now you're going to feel golden. You're going to feel so good about yourself. But the number one way to completely tear apart all of your discipline and fail at your goals is to be overexpectant of what you're going to achieve every single week. So you want to do five to six workouts per week only had time to do three, you feel like a failure. When if you just went with the other plan, you would have hit all protocols. Now, because you failed, you didn't do all workouts that you are supposed to do, what's the adherence going to look like next week? Probably not that good. Or you're going to do all of it, burn out, and then the week after that, you're not going to do all of it when all this time, you could have just done the three workouts every single week, week in, week out, easy to hit, consistent, and you could have seen more results than you did when you had just chosen the five to six day week. So when it comes to discipline, we have to ask ourselves: okay, is the expectation that I'm setting for myself realistic? And if the answer is, I don't know, drop it down. And then you can always over deliver. And discipline isn't something that's going to happen right away. Discipline is kind of like, a step-by-step process. Like in order to create the entire cake, you have to layer on one piece at a time. This is kind of the same thing with discipline. But you can't just put pieces of cake on top of each other without putting icing in between because they're not going to stick. So think about those pieces of cake as of habits and then the icing in between as your discipline. You implement one habit into your life, put the icing in between, create the discipline, lock it in. You've gotten used to that. Now it's second nature. It's autopilot you put another piece of cake on top and then it keeps on going and going and going. If you just stack pieces of cake without icing in between, it's just going to fall over. That was a really weird analogy, but it worked out, so. Also, perfectionism is going to ruin you. If you try to be perfect all the time, that's going to set you up for disaster. And this kind of goes hand in hand with kind of expecting yourself to do less so you have the ability to do more. When it comes to perfectionism and you're trying to reach like a certain habit and do it every single day, be expectant of not being able to do it every single day. Of course, try to do it every single day. But honestly, perfectionism is the th- thief of joy. <laughs> perfectionism is also the thief of success. You want success in your fitness journey, which means a whole bunch of different things for everybody. Then be okay with not being perfect. Kind of just like if you're on social media, be okay with posting the video even if it doesn't reach this incredibly high standard of yours or if it's a little bit uncomfortable for you to post be okay with submitting the paper even though you might not think it's your best work it's better than not submitting it at all be okay with doing something even though you're bad at it perfectionism is going to hold you back so much and that's something that i've kind of noticed in the last couple of years of myself when i try to be perfect with something then it just makes me not want to do it altogether and a lot of the times i feel like i have been thinking what are other people going to think about this that's the big thing with social media I was always really scared about like what family members are going to think about the things that I'm posting, and then I realized that I actually don't care, <laughs> and that's just kind of people-pleasing of me. If they're judging, then that says a lot more about them than it does about me, and I feel like, at least on TikTok, the second that I kind of took my guards down and I kind of just allowed myself to be myself, that's when I saw some growth. Same with my career, doing online coaching. The second that I allowed myself to just post on social media as myself talking about the theories and the strategies that I do as a coach, that's when people came to me. That's when people said, I want you to help me. I'm not a perfect human being, never claimed to be, but people want my help. Not because of my perfect content or the perfect things that I have to say, but because of the fact that I'm authentic, I'm me, I'm raw, and I can be your friend, right? And the same goes with discipline and trying to build habits. Being scared of failing is what's going to make you fail. Like, look at me right now. I'm posting this podcast every single week. And in a way, it's kind of like terrifying because I'm like, I'm putting myself out here and if it completely flops, then I'm going to look like a failure to everybody. But then I realized, okay, actually nobody cares. (laughs) If I'm consistent every single week and I'm showing up and I'm helping people, that's all I care about. If I touch one soul on this podcast, I will consider my work done. Like, I will consider a success. I will keep on going, but that's all I need. One person to be helped. And I feel like the second that I stopped caring about what other people think, that's when I kind of become more myself. That's when I kind of become more consistent with everything. And I think that that kind of um, analogy or strategy, I guess, way of thinking can be applied to pretty much every part of your life. I will even find myself now seeking for the approval of other people when it comes to certain aspects of my life. And that's something that I'm really working on. Like, this is a super analogy but when it comes to my hair lately I have been styling my hair like it's naturally created instead of blow drying it twice a week I have been just like air drying it letting it curl letting it do its thing and I posted this on TikTok but I was like what is wrong with me because if I go up to somebody and they don't immediately say something about my hair I think it automatically looks bad and that's not a knock on anybody people are just acting normal but why do I have to think like that why does my brain even like function like that that's something I really need to work on because the approval of man is not what we need to seek on this earth but even as a Christian as long as I am doing the number one thing that I was called to do which is furthering the kingdom and spreading light and telling people how amazing Jesus is and just kind of letting him work through me that's what really matters I have two mottos for the past couple of months that I have been living by the first is it's not that deep because nothing is ever that deep I was actually talking about this to somebody the other day. I was like, a lot of the things that we are stressing about right now in a year from now, we're not even going to think about it. We're going to be in a great position. Even if you're not, you're not going to be thinking about the things that you were stressing about now because we're going to have new trials and new things that we're going through. Everything kind of works out and we have to be level-headed, of course, but nothing is ever really worth stressing over that much because it's not that deep. I always say that with nutrition too. I'm like, guys, it's not that deep. Should I worry about lectins? Are they making me fat? It's not that deep. And the second motto is, if it scares you and excites you at the exact same time, that means that you need to do it. That's kind of the whole mindset that I had coming to California. Really excited me, but it did slightly terrify me as well. Same with becoming an entrepreneur and self-employed. Terrifies me, mainly because of taxes. Because becoming self-employed, I knew nothing about taxes. It excited me at the same time, and honestly, it is the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life because it feels like I've literally built something from the ground up, and I have, really. There's something just so special about having a service or a product that is your own. Nobody else can copy it. It's kind of like the and your own individual snowflake in a sense. You know how every single person is different just like a snowflake? That's how I find every single entrepreneur. Even if you're in the same field, you're still going to do business a different way than the person next to you, and I find that really special because even with the thing that I do, when it comes to the girls that I work with, I think to myself, if you were working with somebody else right now, they would be handling things different. And that makes me become a little bit more empathetic to them and to their lives. Become really in tune to what it is that they truly need, which is, indif- which is different for everybody. But something that scares me and excites me at the same time too is having kids. It scares me in the sense that you have these little chicken nuggets that you're raising. <laughs> these little humans are looking up to you and you're the only people that they truly know and learning from on how to do life. And the fact that I would be modeling that for my children, that scares me, but it excites me way more than it scares me in the sense that I will have lifelong friends that I get to create my own little human. That's really fun to me that maybe I get to watch them become their own people get into hobbies that I never got into and become creative and, you know, intelligent in ways that I'm not, that's really exciting. Another thing that scares me and excites me at the same time is the thought of starting a new business soon. I definitely want to, I just have no idea what. And it's terrifying because being a business owner, in a weird way, it's like a selfless thing to do. You put so much of your own time, energy, and money into this business and it can completely fail. At least you did it. At least you filled up the what if statement, you know? the thought of being self-employed scares me and excites me at the same time and i am self-employed but i saw a tiktok of somebody talk about this the other day and i actually thought it was very interesting this girl had worked a nine to five for a year and she had done influencing for about four years and then she added the nine to five on top of influencing and after a year she got laid off from this company and she was like i've had steady income from influencing for four years i've never been not able to pay my bills i've been able to find brand deal after brand deal they always come four years of my life And then after one year being at this company, she gets laid off. Now, if all of her eggs were in one basket, she'd be like, I would feel screwed. I would feel like I have to completely compensate for that, all of that salary that I was making. Like, of course, she probably has severance or something like that. But she was talking about how the non-W2 work that she was doing, that actually saved her butt. (laughs) Which I think is really interesting. Because it is kind of true, depending on your situation, of course, you never truly know when the company is going to downsize and take you off, lay you off. But when you're self-employed, it's up to you to make that happen, which I'm making it sound more flexible, but in a lot of ways, it's more stressful because the ball's in your court. You don't have somebody down your throat pressuring you to be better and make more sales or whatever it might be. That pressure has to come from you. And if you're not somebody who is structured and will get your ducks in a row and will get after it without anybody telling you, then you probably won't do very well being a self-employed human. So I guess it's like completely different depending on the person that you are. But one thing I don't understand for sure is how people can go through their life doing a career that they absolutely hate. I do understand if you have children, it's completely different. But even so, I would like to think that when I have kids, I'm going to want to make sure that I'm doing something with my time. Because I do still want to work when I have kids. I'm just, I can't see myself not working. I enjoy it so much and it's like an outlet for me. Maybe my opinion will change over time, but I do at this point in my life want to be the kind of person who has like 17 businesses rolling at once and if I don't have enough money, I just make a new business and go with it. I literally knew since I was like a 12-year-old girl that I didn't want to work under anybody. So it kind of makes sense. But back to my point, I can't imagine not wanting to be happy with my job. When i have children as well not necessarily for the selfish reason that you think that it probably is but because my kids are going to see that if they see a dad or a mom who absolutely hates their job and is just like sticking to it and not trying to revamp their life and think outside of the box they're going to learn to think that way as well and i want my children to be able to think outside of the box and say if something isn't working out for them i want to change that narrative for me i think this poppy really did something to me because i went on a tangent today If you want to hear me talk your ear off even more, check out the last two episodes that I've put up. Last week, I talked all about my ED that I faced when I was a little bit younger, as well as healing my relationship with food and hormonal acne and stuff like that. So that was a really cool episode. I got a lot of great feedback from that one, and I think that if you're a girl, if you've ever had any struggles with food in general, you should listen to it, even if you haven't. I think it could bring awareness to what other people can deal with, and it could, you know, help you be a little bit more aware of what your words can do to other people when it comes to like body image, food, stuff like that. So I have social pages where I also ramble a lot. My Instagram and TikTok will be in the show notes. They're both at Emily Mazone. Please, 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 please rate this show. I am begging you. <laughs> Like, I would be on my hands and knees right now if I could. Rating this show really does help me a lot. And since I'm so new, rating the show really helps the podcast in ways that I don't even understand because I don't understand the algorithm. I probably never will. If you follow the show and rate it and then screenshot proof that you both followed and rated on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this plus on Instagram, then when I create merch in the future, I will send you something for free that's a good deal, right? Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will catch you next week on Girls Gone Healthy. Bye!